Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Rick Smith. I'm here with Todd Wagner. How you doing, Todd? I'm well, Rick. How are you doing? Well, all in all, I'm doing pretty well. Well, listen, today's question goes like this. Conversion therapy. Should Christians support gay conversion therapy? Yeah, another name for that is reparative therapy. But whenever I answer a question like this, I always start by saying, hey, define the term. So let's make sure we're all talking about the same thing, not just the same term. So define reparative therapy or its synonym, gay conversion therapy. Great. So the definition that I got here, conversion therapy, a psychological treatment or spiritual counseling designed to change a person's sexual orientation from homosexual or bisexual to heterosexual. So another way to say it, should Christians make it their goal to change a person's sexual orientation? I would say no. We should make it our goal to change their theological orientation. In other words, uh, how we think about God. The most important thing about a man is what he thinks about God. If a man thinks his sexual appetites are his God, he's going to go where his sexual appetites take him. He's going to serve him, and he's going to uh, pursue him with everything he's got. He's going to tie towards it. And, uh, and try and, and please it, right? If a man thinks that his God is his appetite, he's going to do everything he can to try and make sure that he satisfies that appetite, believing that that God can bring him happiness. Here's what I would say is, who is God, Rick? That's the first question I'd ask somebody. And, and what does God's word say? And so if you believe that God is, uh, as he has revealed himself, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for a thousand generations, then why would you not want anything to do with that God that you could have to do with him? If it is true that he is a sun and shield, he is full of grace and glory, that no good thing does he withhold from those who love him, why wouldn't you want to know that God? And so most of us have this, this idea that God is somebody that's going to be managed, somebody that we have to uh, avoid or appease uh, and protect ourselves from, because if we get too much God talk in our life, it's going to ruin our life. That God is there to rip us off. I believe God's there to set us free. I believe that we are all held captive uh, to do not the will of an of a appetite or a God that loves us, but we are, um, we're not free. We're, 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 we're free to do whatever we want, but we're not free to escape our consequences. And frankly, the scripture says uh, we're in bondage to sin and death. Okay, the scripture says that, that our enemy is just the course of this world, okay? Uh, the prince of this world and the deceiver that says that God isn't good, his word's not true and he can't be trusted, and our flesh, okay, which is given to sin. We all have what's called a sin nature, Rick, every single one of us. And um, there's nothing in the Bible that ever says that, the, that God's program is to reform the flesh, is to make it better. You know, the word therapy comes um, you know, from the Greek word that means healing. Uh, a therapon in Greek is an attendant, okay? And so, by the way, the, the word attendant or helper is the word for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. When we have a right relationship with God and we don't avoid His Spirit, suppress His Spirit, quench His Spirit, but we let His Spirit lead us and let that uh, inform our minds and we're not conformed to the world, but we're being transformed by the renewing of our minds, it's going to go well with us. It's going to lead to life. There is a way that seems right to all of us, but the scripture says in the end, it's the way of death. That's why when people come to understand who God is, um, we start to say things like this, man, I want to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I don't want to lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways, I want to acknowledge him because he's going to make my path straight. Uh, when, whenever I do, um, you know, 
whatever I want to do, it doesn't usually work out well for me. Yeah. I don't know any area of our life, right? When I say, man, all I want to do is eat chocolate and Skittles and drink Mountain Dew. That's not going to go not well with Not going to go well me, with you. Right? Uh, listen, for me, okay, if somebody told me, Todd, you can't love God unless you never want to look at pornography again. You can't love God unless all you do is have a heart that, that never fantasizes about anything other than uh, than intimacy with one woman, I'm going to go, man, I may not have trusted Christ. In fact, when I first trusted Christ, I, 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 I didn't think it took. 2 Corinthians uh, 5 says this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have gone. Behold, new things have come. And man, I, I prayed. I, I genuinely came to understand the goodness of God, that God demonstrated his love for me, and that while I was still a sinner, a wretch, Christ died for me. But I found out that after that, I still felt feelings of insecurity, of arrogance, of lust, of pride. And I go, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I, I, I didn't trust Christ. Had somebody told me, Todd, until you never lust again, you don't love Jesus, and we've got to repair your tendency to lust, that would have been abusive. And it's abusive to the LGBTQ community when we tell them, if you love God, we're going to repair your flesh's appetite. Again, let me say this. The Bible has no program to repair your flesh. It says, however, you don't want the flesh to be your master. You need a new master, which isn't going to lead to death. It's going to lead to life. Okay? Jesus says this. If you know who I am, you know, and you love me, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself. That means your flesh is no longer uh, going to be your master. Take up your cross and follow me. Um, Paul says it this way, I've been crucified with Christ, okay? And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, according to the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me or gave himself up for me. So Paul's saying, I consider it. That's why in uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 11, Paul says this. He says, consider yourself dead to sin. Consider yourself because you're not, okay? It is cruel to tell people, if you still have appetites that are contrary to the perfect will of God, you don't love God and you're not healed yet. No, no, that is abusive. And there's nothing theologically to support that. Um, what you wanna do, that word, in fact, considers the word logismite, it's where we get the, the logarithm, like go figure. We have gotta go, listen, um, there, there, is, uh, there is in me Okay, a desire to do something that is contrary to what I know is good and right and perfect, which is the will of God. When you come to understand who God is, Rick, you go, I, I just want what he wants, okay? And by the way, the scripture just says this, when you're tempted, um, you're not being tempted by God. For God can't be tempted by evil and he himself doesn't tempt anyone, but here's what happens. Each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Man, we all are, gay and hetero, men that are broken and want to have sex with 50 women or dive into pornography or whatever it might be that you want to do, okay? So, man, here's the deal. When we're saved, okay, um, we are justified, okay? When we come into a relationship with God, we are declared righteous, not because of deeds which we have done, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration, the renewing of his spirit, we are freed from the penalty of sin. And then we are being sanctified, okay, which we're now learning to love what God loves. But that doesn't mean I'm, if, if I happen to be a homosexual, I'm going to stop wanting to, to have relationships with men. There's lots of reasons for that, which we're not going to go into, why our appetites go every which way. But here's what the Bible would say is learn to love me. 
to seek good, okay? To dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. And, and you don't follow your heart, you inform your heart, okay? If Jesus is good, let's follow him, okay? Now, if somebody would say to me, hey, Todd, it's abusive to tell people that God doesn't want people to be, uh, you know, have a same-sex attraction or uh, to, to, cha- to change their identity, okay, uh, from a gender perspective, if that's what they want, I would say, now, that's a separate conversation, okay? And so what I would say is the scriptures are pretty clear about what God desires for us. He desires for me to be in a monogamous relationship as a male with a woman. Okay, I don't want to be in a monogamous relationship with a woman. All right? My flesh defaults to as many women as I want whenever I want it. But that's not going to go well with me. So there might be somebody who has other desires and other appetites, but it's not going to go well with them when they pursue it. Now, they could disagree with that. That's a separate question from this. Here's what we need to do. We need to make sure we encourage each other day after day as long as it's called today, so that we're not hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I would tell them to read Romans 7, 14 through 23, where Paul says, wretched men that I am, why do I find myself doing the very opposite of what I want to do in my spirit? And the answer, Paul says, is because when I try and by the power of my flesh resist sin, I can't do it. And so I need a God that's going to help me. And my problem okay, is not that my flesh isn't converted yet to not want sin. The problem is I have not yet learned to live the spiritual life. And so we're patient with one another. We admonish, encourage, and help one another, and we love one another. But we don't have this idea that if you love God, you'll be converted from a desire to ever sin again. But Jesus gives you the ability to not have to sin. And here we go. Awesome. Thanks, man. One quick question as we close. So a lot of people watch this, these videos from all over the globe, really. But we're here in Dallas at a local church called Watermark. And do we have a program? Is there a program that we send gay yeah. members to and yeah. we say, hey, you have to go to this program. And until you stop having thoughts about other men, you can't be a yeah. member of our church. Is that true? Do we have that? Yeah. Is regeneration a gay conversion? Do we think you can pray the gay away? Nope. Uh, what we think you can do is um, in your life as you abide with Jesus Christ that you can live in victory over sin. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. I don't care what your temptation is. The scripture says such as is common to man. And with the temptation, God will provide you the way of escape also so that you might be able to endure it. All that regeneration is, it's a discipleship ministry. It's not for gay people or for alcoholics. It's for me. Okay, It's for anybody that wants to learn to live the spiritual life. And the first step in living the spiritual life is you realize you're powerless over your sin. Okay, And the solution is not to not want to sin anymore. The solution is all right, to have a conversion in your mind about who God is and what his solution to the default of your flesh is. So, man, I want to tell you something. My, my LGBTQ brothers and sisters who love Jesus are my brothers and sisters. And we don't send them anywhere but to the cross, all right, into fellowship with me so we can love each other and spur each other on to love and good deeds. All right. Thanks, Todd. Hey, listen, if you're out there and you're watching this and you have any uh, questions about what we talked about today or just questions about our church, there's an email address right below me. Shoot us an email. It'd be our privilege to connect with you if you're in the Dallas area, buy you a cup of coffee, and uh, we'll see you next week on another episode of Real Truth Real Quick.